Welcome to the Story Night Podcast, a place where we share hearts, our hurts, and how God's wonder intersects with the story of our lives. A ministry of Calvary Mac. Here's our host, Jessica Campbell. Hi, ladies, and welcome back to the Story Night Podcast. If this is your first time finding us, welcome. We are so glad you are here. This is a place where real women share real stories of real hope. And the stories are different every time. We have some stories that are highly dramatic, some stories that are a little more lighthearted. The topics range from just about everything you can think of. And we've had guests in their 20s, and we've had a guest who was a week away from her 100th birthday. So this is just a really special spot where women um, with all different stories come together to be real and be authentic and um, hopefully offer you as listeners some hope and encouragement. And one of the best parts about the Story Night Ministry is the connections between all the different ladies. So some of you might remember one of our speakers, Julie Bond Blank. Um, she was actually on episodes 71 and 78, and she got me connected with our speaker tonight, whose name is Michelle. And so I'm so excited for you to meet her. Before we dive into her story, though, I would love to ask uh, you, Michelle, to just introduce yourself to the listeners. Perfect. Thank you, Jessica. Super excited about being here. And hello to everybody out there. Very excited to share my story. And it's very important that everyone realizes that your story is very profound and that your story can make a lasting difference. So I was born in Idaho, and I'm I'm sure I'll go through all my back history. But what I do now is I am a global breakthrough specialist. I am CEO and founder of a nonprofit called Unsilenced Voices. I am a speaker and I do a lot of personal and business development coaching, helping people to transform their stories into missions, ministries, movements, nonprofits, and businesses. You're speaking my language. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and this is why the first time I saw an email from you, I, I jumped on the phone immediately. It was Julie, who is this woman? I need to meet her and we need to get connected. This is all the everything, everything about that email and everything you've said. I just love, love, love. Couldn't possibly agree with you more. So we get to dive in. Your current purpose and passion is pretty typically connected to your story. And you said a lot of really amazing things, but I want to know, and I know listeners want to know, well, how did you get there? So you can start us back as early as you want and tell us your story. Okay, I love it. Here we go, right? So first, I want to thank Julie as well. Julie is an amazing woman, and she recently spoke on one of our Breaking the Silence Summits, and that's how Jessica and I were connected. So thank you, Julie, for that. All right, let's go back. So I was born in 1983. Yes, we're going back that far. And I was uh, born to two amazing parents. My mommy and my daddy were my biggest cheerleaders growing up. I was not spiritual by any means, though. I didn't ever step foot in a church with either one of my parents. I grew up a very worldly, traditional life. My daddy was military, so moved around my whole life. My brother and I experimented a lot with drugs and alcohol. We knew very early on that we needed to make friends and to unmake friends and remake friends because that was the lifestyle of a military brat. That's what people are called, kids are called when they are in the military and their parents are moving all around the world. So 
growing up, I always excelled in school. I wanted to prove that I was good enough. And that's still something that comes up to this day at 40 years old. If you're listening now, or if you're listening 20 years from now, that is something that will always, always come up. And that's something that we fight with because the devil likes to uh, taunt us and he likes to get in your way, right? He likes to get into God's way. Well, Back when I was 18, I just graduated high school and I knew I wanted to do something even more with my life. I moved around a lot. I was good at that. I didn't want to continue the party lifestyle anymore. Well, that's something even more when I was that young was to move to Hollywood, California and be a movie star. (laughs) So I packed my bags and drove my happy little butt to Hollywood, California. And things were going well. You know, I was starring in independent plays and films and doing commercials. If you have ever heard of Papa Murphy's Pizza, my claim to fame was a Papa Murphy's commercial. You could see me for about 20 seconds with keys in my mouth. And I thought that I was on my way to stardom. But I ended up meeting somebody. So before I met this person, I do want to include that the lifestyle I chose left me in a drug addicted state. So I was addicted to cocaine for about two and a half years. And I ended up laying high on cocaine one night, laying, looking at the ceiling fan and saying, if there's anybody out there, if if you really exist up there, please help me. And I promise I won't ever do this again. And that's when I actually heard God's words and heard that God was there comforting me and that he loved me, even though I was in mischief. And that's when my, I wouldn't say religion started, I would say that's where my spirituality started. That's when I started to connect and, and develop a relationship with Christ. And, and through that, you know, when you first become a Christian, sometimes you think, oh, everything should be hunky dory from here on out and everything's perfect. Well, uh, that's not what happened. So now fast forward a few years. And I'm in Hollywood, I'm pursuing my acting career, I'm not doing cocaine anymore. I end up meeting somebody who I thought was my Prince Charming, blonde haired, blue eyed, suave, charming. He helped out in local chambers and spoke at local schools. And he was an entrepreneur. And he started to court me. And he sent me flowers and sent me gifts, took me to baseball games. And if you know me at all, I'm still a a Dodgers fan, even though I don't live in LA any longer, Um, but took me to concerts. And and I loved it, right? I, I loved being courted. And I loved the idea of love. I still do. Some people call it a hopeless romantic. I just call it a romantic because it's not hopeless. Well, I end up uh, staying with him and we start a relationship. Well, about four months into that relationship, he had pushed me so hard against a wall that my head went through it. And I didn't understand that this was the beginning stages of domestic violence. I never experienced it growing up. I never heard my mom or dad yell at each other, let alone raise our hands to one another. So when that first happened, I remember stumbling forward and looking behind me and just thinking, I need to patch this hole, not that I need to run away. And I ended up staying with Paul for over four years and the violence escalated. I experienced all forms of domestic violence in that relationship. I was beat for well over four hours, multiple occasions. I experienced financial abuse, sexual abuse, emotional manipulation. But when I finally escaped, this was roughly... 2015, 
I began to document my story. See, my mama raised me to be a strong, independent woman, not allowing me to take crap from anybody. So people are very shocked when they meet me and they say, you, how did you get trapped? So I started to write. I started to document what happened. And with my theater background, I ended up writing and performing a 65-minute solo play about my experience called But I Love Him. And in 2016, when I performed it, people started coming up to me afterwards and telling me their stories, not just of domestic violence, sexual abuse, childhood traumas, human trafficking issues. And that's when I knew God was using me to do something even more. And if you're out there and if you're listening and you know that you have a story, and if you know that your story is meant for even more, use your voice and speak it because God gives us gifts of stories so that we can help his people. And I remember I remember this scared feeling I had uh, when I started speaking up. I would always think that coming up in my elevator to my third story apartment, that Paul would be on the other end when the doors opened with a Glock and kill me. However, I spoke up anyway, because I felt this was what I was supposed to do. 2017, I founded a nonprofit organization called Unsilenced Voices. We began in West Africa. So began in Ghana, expanding to Sierra Leone, then Rwanda. And then last year, which was 2022 in the United States, we gifted over $33,000 to USA survivors. Our primary focus is in Sierra Leone. We have a sponsor, a survivor program called Matilda's program. You can learn more at sponsoraSurvivor.org. Again, sponsoraSurvivor.org. And in 2019, I began speaking worldwide. So traveling, I actually got stuck in Egypt and Ghana and Sierra Leone coming home March of 2020 when the world shut down for the for the pandemic and had to stay in the Gatwick airport for over two days. It was very interesting during that time. But speaking and coaching has really become part of my life. And it's not what I can do, but it's about how I can encourage other people to continue to use their voices, their experiences to then create a domino effect of change and sustainability throughout the world. And I started to realize that people wanted platforms to tell their stories. So we have book anthologies that you can be a part of called Breaking the Silence. We have summits that you can be a part of called Breaking the Silence Summits. So it's been a whirlwind and God is not done with me yet. <laughs> no kidding. You know, I think probably some listeners just uh, probably had good, like a good whiplash going from such a dark, heavy chapter of your story to this amazing purpose and passion that has come from that. And listeners, as always, any links that uh, are mentioned, we will have those in the episode notes. So you can find those and, and get involved we've heard so much of kind of like where you went with what happened to you. So many of the women that have had this same story are maybe at the very beginning of their healing stage. And I would take a guess that a lot of your healing came from doing something about it, from speaking, from sharing and making a difference. But um, are were there any other parts of your healing that maybe listeners might need to hear? So it's interesting. Us as primarily women, and this happens to men as well, so I'm definitely not excluding them by any means. We have what's called our conscience, right? So we have this inner voice within us that talks to us. When I first began my relationship with Paul, that little voice within me kept telling me, no, no, Michelle, no, don't be with this man. Don't 
get into this relationship. And I ignored the voice. So intuitively, I knew that something was going to happen externally, worldly, consciously, not subconsciously. I decided, you know, I'm, I want to pursue this because he is painting this beautiful picture of what our lives could look like. So when that first sign of violence happened, the physical violence of pushing me against the wall, there were signs prior to that. There was the manipulation there was the Jackal and Hyde personality where then he would have an angry temper when he closed the door. But then to everybody else, he was this charming entrepreneur who was successful. So some of the early red flags were that he wanted to control everything I was doing. So I thought that it was kind of cool and cute that he always wanted to carry credit cards and he didn't like me carrying a purse. He also really didn't let me order for myself very often. He, he asked me and, you know, then he ordered for me or ordered drinks for me. Uh, The way that he treated the people around us, like our servers, our bartenders, our male people, people, the valet people, any service industry person, he was not the nicest person. He was a little rude, a little arrogant, thought that he was, you know, God's gift to the world. And so those were just early red flags. And I remember in that relationship, I started to see other red flags. His friends and family would be like, don't be with him. Why are you with him? And at first I thought that it was because they didn't like me, but really it was some of them were trying to tell me that I was in for a very long ride. This was not his first time doing this. I hope it was his last. I did take criminal action against him after all of this, and we'll get into those, I'm sure. But yeah, there are red flags. And listen to your gut, ladies out there, because your gut will tell you what's actually happening. And for many of you, I know some of you out there listening, you really feel that you know, you don't believe in divorce, you're a Christian woman, things like that. I want to let you know that God does not want you to stay with somebody who's, who is hurting you, despite what it is that he's saying to you. Amen. And that is one of the most important pieces to add. So many people within church leadership or within the faith community will stop at the God hates divorce piece without ever including or adding the God hates abuse piece. And so hopefully, ladies, if you have been listening to this podcast for a long time, you are hearing the same message over and over again. And I do not believe that this is a coincidence that for the past maybe six months or so, the majority of the Story Night speakers have had a story of abuse. I have not purposefully gone out seeking uh, this particular topic. Normally, in fact, I kind of try and vary up, oh, let's do this kind of topic. And then the next time we'll do a different topic and we'll have kind of this variety. But lately it's just sort of been like, nope, I would say about 90% of what's being just brought to me. (laughs) These divine appointments have all been about abuse. Again, I don't think that's a coincidence. I really believe God is shining a very big flashlight on this topic and encouraging us to talk about it, um, both for the women who have 
lived it so they know they're not alone and they have resources and hope and support. Um, but also for those who haven't experienced it and maybe are just a little uneducated about it or believing some of the myths that are out there and not understanding, not understanding why women don't leave and stuff. So it's interesting you bring this up. Uh, I remember when our team asked me if I wanted to do this book anthology, and now we're doing it yearly. And then I kind of brought up, well, you know, we sold out the first one in three weeks. So I was like, okay, we need to open more platforms. What's that, what's that going to look like? So our, our summits are not just domestic violence related. However, 90% of what is spoken about is abuse. And it's not just domestic violence. We're talking about childhood abuse that lasts generations, generational trauma that has happened to fathers and mothers and grandparents and great-grandparents generations down the line. And how those types of abuses, if they are not healed now in this generation, then they are passed on to our children. I was at an event. uh, It was our event, actually, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, We did a blanket of hope Uh, It was a four city tour for unsilenced voices in 2022, where we went to Dallas, Tampa, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas, specifically talking about collaboration between organizations for unsilenced voices and for domestic violence issues, other organizations. So I was there and there was a cop who ended up speaking and he talked about the statistics of kids who have experienced domestic violence in their home, 40 to 60% of kids who experience DV in the home will turn out to be abusers or the abused, 40 to 60%. Now that's only talking about domestic violence and other types of physical violence or emotional abuse that could happen in the home. That's not then also talking about trafficking issues and child abuse issues. Unfortunately, the statistic is so high because we don't stop that generational trauma. We have to use our voices. This is why when people come up to me and they say that they're involved in an abusive relationship and they say that they don't want to leave, there's no judgment here, right? I took seven times before I finally left my abuser. And that's the average time if you're actually successful in leaving. Oftentimes, when you leave, it is the most dangerous time to leave your abuser. So I encourage them to break free, but encourage them to break free smartly. Make the plan. Don't tell him your plan. Don't tell your kids the plan. Be around people that you trust. Make sure to stash away some funds for you. Make sure that you have a working vehicle so you can get out of town. But you have to be strategic because when you finally put your foot down and your kids see you put your foot down, then that's you stopping that generational trauma. And those kids will not grow up thinking, oh, my dad used to abuse my mom, so this is normal. They're going to grow up thinking, we know this is wrong, so we are not going to continue the cycle. I had to go off on that tangent, Jessica, sorry. (laughs) No apologies needed at all. Sometimes those tangents are critically important and somebody, probably many listeners, needed to hear that and hear that encouragement. If this is your first time tuning in, uh, listeners, so that you know, at Calvary Mac, uh, we are connected with the ARMS group, the Abuse Recovery Ministry and Services. Much of what you're hearing right now is also a part of the ARMS education and healing groups. We'll we'll include their link as well for those looking for support groups and, and strategies on how to leave and so forth. You're now just doing so much. And I appreciate you saying that, yeah, really about 90% end up being these 
stories that are about abuse. It's just, it seems like it's everywhere, but you do have some other topics as well. I mean, the email I remember that came through that I first saw, uh, you were doing an unsilenced voice summit related to infertility, right? And so just curious, what are some of the other topics that you have covered in in the books and the summits and the program? Yeah. So in Breaking the Silence, that whole genre, which is the books and the summits, and we're actually about ready to launch a membership program. Don't have the details for that yet. So I can't really talk about that, but that is coming soon. Um, But it's trauma in general. So infertility, yes, is one topic. Addiction is another topic. We have cancer survivors. We have cult survivors. We have suicide survivors. We, uh, We even have a fatherless daughter. We've got adult bullying. We've got this woman who uh, actually lost her husband in a homicide. She's a homicide survivor, right? So it's these extreme traumas that we've gone through in our lives and why it's so important to speak up about that. So we typically tell our authors and speakers past, present, future. So if you ever tune into a Breaking the Silence Summit or read one of the anthologies that we have, it really is our authors and our speakers talking about what it is that they've gone through, very similar to what we're talking about now, right, with with me and Jessica, and then what we've done in spite of or because of. So I wouldn't be where I am today working as the CEO of Unsilenced Voices. I wouldn't be traveling to Sierra Leone. I wouldn't be speaking about domestic violence issues if I had not gone through that, right? So so I was led that direction. And there's a whole story as to me starting this organization that we can get into in a moment where I didn't I didn't think I was actually going to start my own organization. I thought I was going to work for somebody else. And then from there, that third component of the story is where we're going. So we can talk about where we're going collectively, where we're going as an individual. Many of our authors and speakers now want to use their voice to coach, to speak, to uh, create nonprofits and missions. So it's really that three-tier system that we want to use to encourage people to speak up about all forms of trauma. Absolutely. Now you have, you mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned that you had pursued some criminal charges and then you mentioned how this whole organization got started in the first place. Um, So I would love to, yeah, just send that back over to you to, you can either one of those topics to explain a little bit more. Yeah. You know, Paul was financially controlling me. And before I left, the biggest fear I had was he was going to ruin my credit. And ladies and gentlemen out there, he did ruin my credit (laughs) for seven years. My credit was demolished, but I am surviving and I am not just surviving, I'm thriving now. So even though I went through that experience and I, my credit went all the way down to five something, you can rebuild. And I did, you know, if I could do it, you could do it as well. So when I finally had enough strength to leave that abusive relationship, I wanted to figure out how... I could get out of the situation financially because like I said, that at that time was my biggest fear. So I started to talk to attorneys. And when I finally started to speak to attorneys, they said, oh, this is an abuse case. This is actually a domestic violence case. This is not, you know, talking about him paying off the credit card bills that he owes you. This is really significant. However, in the state of California at that time, The statute of limitations on a criminal case against my abuser was two years. And I was just outside of that two-year mark when I started to speak up. So I ended up finding an attorney 
who amazing, amazing man who found a loophole to where we could sue him civilly. So that's what we did. We sued him civilly and we settled out of court. I can't really say much about the settlement, except for I used part of that settlement to start my nonprofit. Now let's rewind. While I'm in the midst of this, I know that I want to focus my efforts on domestic violence. So I uh, I was VP for a nonprofit back in 2015 that went to Sierra Leone. And we went to Sierra Leone in 2016. While I was there, I was able to speak to two different groups of women about domestic violence issues. Um, and from there, that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to focus my efforts in, the, in this arena. So when I got back to the States, there's an organization on Skid Row in Los Angeles called the Downtown Women's Center. Amazing organization, still love them. I started volunteering with the organization. I'm very outspoken though. And as a volunteer, you're supposed to lead these women to case managers. Well, instead of me leading them, I would answer their questions for them because I could. And I had firsthand experience in a lot of what they were experiencing. So I think that that disabled me from getting an actual job, like a paying job with that organization. So I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do now? So I traveled a little bit and I flew up to Oakland to interview for a nonprofit organization called Art and Abolition, an amazing organization that works in Kenya, combating abuse against women, human trafficking issues, sexual abuse. And uh, I felt God's presence within the organization, but then I felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. So I was like, okay, now what? So I remember the next day I walk around the streets of San Francisco. I go to Pier 39. This was pre-COVID when everything was still safe and pretty and, and lovely and had clam chowder and a glass of Chardonnay on the pier. And, uh, and this gentleman came up to me and we started speaking. And when we started speaking, he looked at me and he said, you should start a nonprofit organization. Now, ladies listening, I remember thinking to myself that, oh, wow, that's not the first time I heard that. Maybe this is the time I should listen. And you know what? I finally said yes. So if you have a calling out there, if you feel you know tugged to do something, we don't know what God's going to do with our stories. We don't know what God's doing with us. Just say yes, because it's not up to us to figure out the how. It's up to God to. It's up to us to say yes to do it, right? So I said yes. I was like, now what? So um, it was kind of fun developing, you know, the 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 name and the logo and all this. And then I met a Ghanaian doctor in California. At, at that time, I was actually bartending. And, and uh, he said, you know, go to my home country and see what you can do. And I said, okay. And I packed my bags and I flew to Ghana. And while I was in Ghana, I ended up meeting a an amazing organization there called the Ark Foundation, uh, met some amazing people. And then of course I had connections in Sierra Leone and then it just kind of expanded. It just kept expanding. And right now in 2023, we are in the midst of not an upheaval, but a shift, you know, God is shifting some things and not exactly sure what that looks like. So that's why our primary focus is in Sierra Leone with our girls and our sponsor, a survivor program. But, you know, when I first went through my, uh, my abuse, I had no idea that this is what I was going to do. I, I didn't think I wanted to coach women or coach men. I didn't think that I was going to have summits for people to speak on because it's not just women, it's men as well. And you know, I remember, you know, I, I, I didn't even like people very much, tell you the truth, Jessica, and hate to say that aloud. I don't do that very often on podcasts, but hey, transparency is key, right? And um, it's, it's interesting who God uses to change the lives of the people around us. 
And uh, just like, you know, in the Bible and uh, the disciples that that we read about, you know, all of them were sinners, you know, and I consider myself a sinner, just like everybody else, you know, those who throw the first stone, stone have no sin, and that's nobody. And God really uses us. And I feel like that there's this trajectory that I'm on to continue helping and serving. And that's what I have to continue doing. And if you're listening out there, and you feel that tug, just say yes, you don't have to know the how yet. I'm going to add one more thing. You know, God can't steer a parked car. So when I say, you know, move, just say yes, take an action, do something. If you're going the wrong direction, he will re-steer the car. But if you're going nowhere, he can't make it move. Yes. (laughs) That hopefully, that word picture, hopefully just sunk in for all of you listening. And and I hope that you will remember that every time you're out and about and you see a parked car and you see a moving car, that this this conversation will just come flooding back to you. I, I love analogies. I love word pictures. I think they're so powerful. And that is an amazing one. As you know, as you were saying, just say yes. I just, I thought back to like growing up where, you know, everything we learned in school was just say no, just say no in terms of like drugs, right? <laughs> but you can flip it and and switch it over to the other side of just say yes just say yes to god just say yes to his leading uh and like you said he'll he'll guide you if you start veering the wrong direction and then i loved your phrase of uh now what now what now what that could be the title of your book <laughs> now what that is funny yes now what now, now what? what yeah that's what I should, you know, I, I published a book in 2019 called But I Love Him. And that is my memoir in my abusive relationship. Uh, I'm publishing my second book, my full length second book now in 2023 called Your Ultimate Breakthrough. So my third full length book is going to be Now What? <laughs> I love it. This isn't including, you know, anthologies and things, but uh, I love that. I, I might I might have to do that. <laughs> just it seems quite fitting so i could i could keep you on this call forever we i could ask you questions for hours and hours <laughs> it's so uh it's just so amazing to see what you're doing and uh, i know ladies who are listening you can't actually see michelle like i can see her uh, but i would imagine that just by listening to her voice you can hear the strength that i believe was probably always there even with that time period where like you like you used the phrase you were trapped and and in many ways, people would look at you and think, how in the world did someone like you get trapped, right? But I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I'm so glad that you're saying that even the most independent, powerful, strong, tough as nails, don't mess with me women can get trapped. No one's immune to this. No, no one is immune. You know, it can happen to women. It can happen to men. Unfortunately, it does happen to more women. It can happen to rich, poor, white, black, whether you speak English or Dutch uh, or Hindu. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. There is no socioeconomic background that can save you from this. I know a lot of affluent women in many cultures around the globe that experience this form of violence, but it's what we do with it, right? Our experiences do not have to define who we are. We get to define those experiences. We, we do. We have a choice. We can wake up and say, oh, I am a victim and stay in victim mentality. Or we can wake up and say, I am a survivor and thriver. And I am now going to do something because of this. Because 
a lot of these inflictions, a lot of these ailments and these uh, problems happen on a global scale. And it is up to us to change this trajectory. So I'm, I'm going to tell another brief story. And I know that we probably are coming close. But I, I uh, we were doing a fundraiser with Unsilenced Voices. This was in 2021. And I don't know if you know who Lee Steinberg is. But if you've ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire, he is the real life Jerry Maguire. So Lee is actually if you you know, in this decade, if you know who Patrick Mahomes is for Kansas City Chiefs, Lee Steinberg is his agent right now. So Lee was helping us to fundraise at one of our events. And Lee spoke, uh, amazing man. And he told a story about his father and about his father encouraging him to speak and use his voice. Because it's not about them to make a difference. It's about us. We always say they'll do it, they can handle it, the government, the organization, them, they out there. But it's not them, it is us. It is you and me sitting in our chairs, driving down the road, wherever you're listening to this. It is about us making a difference. Right now in 2023, there are 8 billion people on this planet. There are abuses that happen all around the globe. There are things that we can stand up for. If you if you're like me and you don't want to deal with people, you know, there are other ailments that the world is facing including, you know, animals and pollution and so many others. The list can go on and on. Choose something. It doesn't have to be this thing, but it has to be something. So choose, do something because you matter, your voice matters, what you say matters. And if you are, if you're able to impact one person, maybe that one person can go on and change the world. You never know. You have so much encouragement to offer the listeners. And I am so grateful that we got connected. I am so excited to put all of the links to all the resources you've mentioned in the episode notes, because I imagine there's some listeners that would like to have a, a lot more from you and would like to utilize all that you're doing. And maybe some that want to get involved, uh, want to do something, maybe sponsor somebody, maybe connect with you, maybe share their story. So ladies, we'll have all, all of those links and resources available for you. And I'll go ahead and say a couple of them now, if that's all right, Jessica. Of course, please. So if you are listening in the United States, I can give you a free gift. So if you're listening and you're not on your phone driving, right? Uh, if you text the word legacy, L-E-G-A-C-Y, to 26786, again, legacy to 26786, you'll not only receive a free gift, but you'll be part of our community. So you'll get information on... Um, our legacy camp that we teach multiple times a year, helping people to turn their stories into books and speaking engagements and um, nonprofits and businesses and missions. Uh, we really hone in on tools for success and business plans, marketing, branding, exposure, uh, public speaking, book publishing, you name it. So all this stuff, right? If you are not in the United States and you are listening abroad, all you need to go to is michellejewsbury.com. Again, michellejewsbury.com, J-E-W-S-B-U-R-Y. 
And uh, you can get information there. You can book an appointment with me and you can see all everything that we've got going on. And there's so much of it. So good. Thank you. Thank you so much for all that you were doing. Thank you for not only breaking your own silence, but helping so many others to break theirs. It's needed. And Thank it's you, very, very much <laughs> what Jesus would be doing. Breaking, yeah, yeah. breaking the silence. So uh, what's really funny, <clears throat> before we end, there is a quote that I always like to end podcasts with or interviews with. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Finding Nemo, there is a fish called Dory in that movie who swims around and she's kind of an airhead. Now you can't see me, but I am blonde. So I can say she's kind of like a blonde airhead, <laughs> but she swims around, she gets lost. And um, the one thing that she always sings to herself is just keep swimming. So just keep swimming, no matter where you are, no matter where you're going, no matter where you've been, just keep swimming. And on that note, would you close us out by praying for all of those swimmers, especially those who are feeling completely stuck? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for you being here and you being present. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you are with the listeners, that you have given them the encouragement that you know that they need, and that you can wrap your loving arms around each and every one of them. And if they are going through struggles, Lord, that you guide them, that you encourage them to put one foot in front of the other, that you move when they move, and that you are there. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you so much for your son. We love you, God. Amen. Amen. Michelle, thank you so much for taking time to do this. I know you are a busy woman. You have a lot going uh, in your life, you have a lot on your plate. And so I really appreciate you taking time to do this. I know the listeners do too. And we look forward to hearing more about what you're doing and what's to come. And when you get to that third full length book and <laughs> so many fun things. Thank you again, Julie, for the connection. We love it. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. We hope you were blessed and encouraged and that you just keep swimming and that we will have you back here next time for our next story. Good night, y'all. Good night. The Story Night Podcast. A ministry of Calvary Mac. For more women's stories, visit calvarymac.com slash women. Women.